Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Meanwhile, in the Geeks Out studio, a new superhero trailer has dropped. Blogosphere is all over it. We need to get a review out, and fast! This looks like a job for Geeks Out. Geeks Out! Geeks Out on Joy 94.9. You are back with terrifying Tamsin, creepy Clayton, and megalomaniacal Miranda Sparks. And right now we're going to be talking about Night Bloomers, which has just dropped on SBS from creator Andrew Undi Lee and starring Ra Chapman, Deborah uh, uh, Ann, Helen Kim, Joshua Park, Raiden Cassano, Jay Woo Kim, Clara Kim, Gino Kim, Charles Ann, and Cooper Mortlock. Among those are names definitely to keep an ear out for in the future. Now, Night Bloomers is an anthology of five shorts with the central theme of Korean-Australian diaspora as told through a horror lens by members of that community. That's a word that's been popping up, Tamsin. Mm. You, you, kind of, you kind of are like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, dear, I know a lot of words, but, you know, there was one I've definitely never heard said out loud or in association. Uh, I, 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 Clayton's looking up the dictionary definition, by the way. Keep going. It's fine. I'm but, uh, my understanding of it is diaspora is pining for a home that doesn't necessarily exist anymore or, you know, a place that you've never been, but, you know, which has your roots oh. to it. That, that's the sort of impression I get. I think I did also look up a dictionary definition, but I'd completely forgotten it. The dispersion or spread of a people from their original homeland. There okay. we go. So that would be why, because I was trying to understand why um, publication, like I was reading some other reviews, had said that it was about the immigration experience because I didn't, I got some of that, but that explains that. So diaspora, yes, would be a, a, another word for an immigration experience, yes. Yeah. I mean, it is really interesting because uh, last week I did interview Andrew Undi Lee, you know, can check out, we'll be podcasting that a little later, the series creator. Uh, he gave some insights into the ways the Korean-Australian culture differs from Korean culture. Uh, he noted uh, that, um, you know, in his experience, that parents of second-generation immigrants who came to Australia did so to escape from war. And that community, being isolated from their birth country, you know, metabolized a lot of the trauma of the war in a different way. So there's definitely a lot of old-fashioned things in the Korean-Australian community that no longer exist in the native Korean community, for example. Uh, and, and another fact, you know, a lot of these stories are... It's about... It. There's this disconnect between parents and their children, um, some of whom remember old Korea and had to escape it, and then the ones who are, like, born into... The family, you know, with that history that they've they've never ever known, and these are really, you know, really prevalent themes through a lot of these stories. Now, as I mentioned, there are five episodes to Night Bloomers. 
So I thought maybe we would visit each of these one by one and and get folks' thoughts on. Now the first sure. the first one, uh, striking hairpin, uh, tells the story of a woman disconnected from her roots, who fixates upon a clerk from a local Korean market. Uh, th- this one hit me really really hard because. Mm. You know, she she does come from, you know, a Korean family, but she grew up in Broken Hill. So, <laughs> out in the sticks, doesn't generally interact much with other other Korean people or Korean descended people. And so, you know, she may be a bit of a bogan, comes back to the city, pines to connect with her culture again, and that goes in a dark direction. I think this is actually one of my... One of my two favorites all up. But mm. uh, I know, Tamsin, I want to get your feelings on on this one first up. I completely agree. Like, it definitely – and I, I'm, I was trying to wonder if it was my favorite because I came into it knowing nothing. Like, I didn't know I, – I hadn't heard – I apologies, I didn't listen to your interview yet. And I didn't actually even read the title. Well, you should I because know. it'll be on the website. <laughs> I will be going home and listening to it. Um <laughs> Once but, it's posted, it's not posted. No, yeah, I've got photos now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I agree completely. Like, really encapsulated a feeling of the outsider. You know, everyone sees you as being one thing, and you're not that thing. So it was really, really had me. Now, ca- this is encapsulated. This is one of the two. Sorry, because there is a there is a queer presence in these shorts as well. This story and one other um, had some big time relatable queer vibes in it uh, as well. And and the one thing Andrew was uh, telling me about in the interview, which again you'll be able to hear later, he talks about the um, the lingering homophobia of the Korean Australian community that a lot of like has been moved past to a lot in a lot of ways in Korea. That's a really common thing with cultures that have um, immigrated or become a diaspora. diaspora. <laughs> Diasporic. <laughs> yeah, well, diasporic. Diasporic. Yeah. Diasporic. <laughs> it's, it's one of those words that, like, you see it written down, you don't know how it's pronounced. Like, you know, yeah. how for years people think hyperbole is hyperbole. Hyperbole, yeah. Um, and if you say hyperbolic, it actually, you do say hyperbole. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's really common among cultures where uh, the homeland has moved on, but it hasn't happened within an insulated community. So, mm. that it's a really interesting phenomena. With this episode, it actually starts off with her experiencing the horror of getting white splained her culture to her mm. so there's, there's like that actual cultural horror from that but it, it does lead her to actually want to find out more that and a couple other things which you know could be spoilery and and again you know like we don't want to spoil this um it goes in it, you know it's a very strong story it's one of my two favorites uh striking hairpin you know um do check this out it leads on then to jacking souls which Follows uh, a young man who steals his father's car, but then finds himself stalked by a dark spirit. I think that's the best way I can sum that up without mm, yeah. really spoiling it. That was a clever way to sum it up. Hmm. This is probably one of the scarier, like, I don't like the dark spirit side of this. Like, it was creepy as, as hell. Very, very cleverly done. Um, and great story. There is some There is some ritual and definitely, like, you know, dealing with um, death in this one and, you know, like, things from the other side. That, uh, I know it, it's, I thought it was, you know, it, it was a bit scary, but it was also haunting and sad at the same mm. time. And there is this pronounced, pronounced intergenerational 
maybe conflict discomfort maybe is the the right word between um, a father and a son. This was actually my favourite of them um, because I felt like it actually fitted a whole lot of complexity into a 10-minute piece mm. um, around the relationship between father and son and um, the the outcomes of what happens in the story really actually come through very strongly and it's very impressive they told that much in 10 minutes absolutely it is worth noting that uh, all of these all of these episodes in the anthology are 10 to 15 minutes at the very most mm-hmm. uh i think it was a little over an hour to binge them all i believe it comes out to 55 minutes something like that mm-hmm. yeah but um i know so it's it's very Easy to consume. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it in one sitting. Very, very much recommend it. Uh, there's also one. My other favorite in this is a, a story called Friend or Foe, which is about a, a hoarder. Uh, she herself is an immigrant. Um, you know, again, that post-war mindset. She doesn't She doesn't want to throw anything out, you know, waste not, want not sort of thing. She's estranged from her son and unwittingly invites a creature into her home. Clayton. I, with this one, I was really intrigued by the hoarding thing to start off with, but I actually think it gets explained extremely well Mm. why she has that tendency and it's far beyond um, what you see on the um, hoarding reality shows and it's a much better explanation. I really enjoyed it for that point of view. I mean, I I relate to that as well. Um, You know, obviously I don't have a Korean mum or Mm -hmm. a Korean grandma, but, you know, like my grandma who was an adult during World War II, still had that scarcity mindset going on where she would not throw anything out. And, you know, I very much, it's like, yes, that's a mirrored experience right there. Mm. Tamsin. No, I think I think it was really interesting. And again, another 10 minutes, you know, these are all, as we've said before, these are all 10 minutes. And it beautifully put a really, like, deep history across with what's happening now into such a really nice piece. What do we think of, because there was a monster, like a gluttonous monster in here. <laughs> I've heard it called, <laughs> I've heard it called a goblin and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I thought of it like just a demon or a weird, well, no, it's a I, goblin is what it is. It was a goblin, goblin. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do we think of the, the actual monster in this one? Loved him. I just wanted to hug him. <laughs> there, there were he definitely moments of that, and it's like, oh yeah, I wanna, I wanna, you know, definitely hug this blue horned thing with ridiculously <laughs> sharp teeth, who cries if he doesn't eat. <laughs> and it sort of fits that he lands in this story with like, you know, a lonely woman who's just like, oh, I'd feed my son if I could. And again, that's a, that's a thing that you know a lot of mums do, like especially ethnic mums. I found is that they'll just want to feed kids. <laughs> This does go a step further than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have no to No spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, so, looking through a bit of uh, Korean uh, culture, I think it is a type of dekorbi, which I may be saying in a Japanese way because I know a lot more Japanese. So, um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's what I think it is, but I'm not sure. It's not, mm. not, it's not explicitly said, but, you no. know, like either way, there's a, there's a nice... It come up when I looked up Korean goblin. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So, yeah. It's it's funny and scary at the same time as most that we also have Second Coming, which, you know, not going to spoil the end, obviously, but uh, it follows two paramedics who argue about the future and how they can raise a, chi- raise a child in a world that sees them as monsters. And, you know, this is a same-sex couple as well who are both working as paramedics. And a mixed-race couple as well. Mixed-race couple mm-hmm. as well. Um I didn't, I didn't, I think this is the one that I didn't see the Korean-Australian diaspora in. 
But uh, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just tone deaf on that front. Mm. So from this point of view, I got the food connection because yes. Sunday is what they eat, which is the mm. Korean blood sausage. Mm. Um, so and which I'm like, yeah, Sunday. Um, I nearly spoiled stuff. Um, <laughs> so, um, but other than that, yeah, it was more just about this this couple. What I love though is that they managed to find a reason to have a guy in his underwear just lying in the throughout the whole episode. <laughs> that was really clever. <laughs> So I think it was beta. Pretty pretty hot guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. I was enjoying. Tamsin. I agree completely. Like it was a really clever episode of like I did think I would thought I was like, he just had a heart attack. Why is he just in his underwear? Where did he have a heart attack? And that was, that was a bit distracting. And you also agree that the Korean yeah. guy in his oh, underwear yeah. was hot. Yeah. There we go. Huge thighs. And lastly, we also had a story in there, uh, passing on, which features a mother and a daughter who hold a ritual on the anniversary of their matriarch's death. I don't think I'm spoiling anything when I say this is a ghost story. I think you're fine with that, yes? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and they talk about um, what's called the Jessa ritual, mm-hmm. which is a ceremony that families generally hold on the anniversary of the death of a loved one, uh, particularly an elder and... And it's one of those things where before midnight you lay out a whole bunch of food and you offer it to them and then you get to eat it later after midnight, I think. Sort of like gremlins, but not quite. <laughs> now, looking it <laughs> up, this ritual actually is, uh, it. it's still largely performed in Korea and I think China. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because there's a growing influence of Christianity in Korea at the moment, it's, it's largely practiced by um, other... Um, non-Abrahamic religions, because there's also, a, a, I understand, a, a Muslim population growing in Korea as oh, well. Okay, well, Some, aware something of I found in my in my research. Yeah, there you go. I think this one had the uh, best connection between the diaspora and the family connection. I think mm-hmm. that worked so well in this one because here you have um, the daughter who's just like wants to Google everything on her phone, mm-hmm. and the mum who's like, no, this tradition is important, and I got to teach mm-hmm. it to you. Mm-hmm. Tamsin, uh, this is probably my least favorite. I just didn't connect with it. That's fair enough. Now, either way, though, you know, like, just because it's your least favorite doesn't mean it's not no. Any- oh, exactly. Doesn't mean it's not any good. Um, I actually did have a lot of fun. Oh, maybe not fun, but I was definitely <laughs> engaged yes. with this and uh, definitely don't regret it. Uh, my interview with series creator Andrew Undy Kim can be found online very, very soon. If you do want to check out Night Bloomers, though, it is currently on SBS and streaming on the SBS On Demand website. Folks, you are listening to Geeks Out. It's Halloween Eve. It's the Eve of Halloween. Hallows Eve Eve. We'll be back in a second to talk queer horror. Don't go anywhere. Geeks Out is Joy's home of pop culture, sci-fi, horror, comics, anime and more. Enter the Nerdsphere to find out the latest news and reviews from a queer perspective. From Star Wars to Steven Universe, Doctor Who to DC Comics and Kaiju to Creepshow. Stay caught up on the past, present and future. Geeks Out beams down on Mondays at 7pm on Joy. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.